folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you're listening to the podcast, Small Package. Give me a hold, buddy. Oh! Hey, everybody, it's Corrat Point Next Day here with your boy. It's me. And today, on episode 64 of the Small Package Show, we're talking about how TLC went down. I mean, it it, it went down. Smackdown invades Raw! It was a little awkward and weird. And is WWE really planning on going to war with the Bullet Club? I don't know. We'll They're find out. Win. We'll talk about that and more today on the Smart Package Show. Hit him with a bow. Smart Package. at it again you know what time it is you know it's really weird two people who don't know each other at all mm-hmm. share the exact same gif uh, on facebook with the minutes of each other for different reasons it's a reaction gif of ross on friends mm-hmm. holding up his hands to his ears and going la 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 sure. one was about like student loans and one was about stranger things two spoilers uh-oh. Strange Things 2's out today, out right now. Yeah, whoop, we, whoop, 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 whoop. we're recording this on Friday. Stranger Things time. Also, uh, Wolfenstein 2 is out right now. Look mm-hmm. up my review on Player One. It's fucking glowing because that game is great. Uh, if you want, like, weird as fuck, like, totally beyond your expectations story and, like, what the fuck awesomeness, just, it's 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 a great game. Speaking of Stranger Things, though, Kayla, I messaged her this morning. She's at work. Um, and uh, she she asked me a question about something that's going to be happening later today. And I was like, oh, shit. By the way, did you want me to wait to watch Stranger Things with you? Oh. And I was like, because I'm already two episodes in. And uh, her reaction was, and I quote, Bitch. You know you better not watch it without me. Is it out now? If so, then I know what we're doing tonight. You better not have watched that show without me. Mm-hmm. So she was she was fired up. Opened up her text message calling me a bitch. Hey. Which she knows I wouldn't watch that without her. I, kn- I know better. That's one of the ones that I, I do know better about. Uh, so how's everything going for you, Bob? How's, how's things? Uh, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, just life. Just life. Anyway, let's, no, let's, let's get to the show. Let's get to the show. So, tables, ladders, chairs. Not well, a lot of them on the pay-per-view. Nope, only one match. And, to be honest, it's one of those situations where, um, knowing what we know now about how things panned out with having Kurt come out... Um, and be in the main event. I'm okay with the fact that there wasn't a lot of other matches that were high spot matches with with tables, ladders, or chairs. Uh-huh. Because if we had had amazing moments earlier in the card with tables, ladders, and chairs, it might have made what we got in that TLC main event less impressive. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This 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 pay per view is a hard one. This pay per view is a weird one because it was both like really decent and also just kind of lackluster. Like, if you look at the the first match, first match on the card, perfect example of uh, Emma versus Asuka. Realistically, it was a decent competitive match between two women, and and it was pretty impressive. There's some decent spots. There's some good wrestling outside of that one botch, but that one crazy trying to toss her out to the outside off of a counter off of a hold. Yes, that one was weird. Anyway, uh, however, it's not necessarily what we wanted. We wanted Oscar to just come in and like squat, put the squash on. And I think it was, I think it might have been you that brought up the point of Oscar wasn't really even a super dominant in NXT. Well, I mean, obviously she was dominant. She has a huge well, title reign, but dominant. Anytime in- she had like big title matches on takeovers, they were they were brutal, hard fought fights. They right. weren't. You know, her just getting her offense in and then walking out the door. Right. And and that's a that's a point I'd heard elsewhere as well after the pay-per-view was if you look at Asuka's record, yeah, her record is very dominant, obviously. She hasn't lost in over well over a year. Um but if you look at her matches, she she was dominant in that she always came through, but not necessarily that it was like like a Brock Lesnar or a Goldberg in that like they weren't like squash matches. Yeah, Goldberg's matches were all 15, 20 seconds long or whatever. Which like. honestly makes her reign even more impressive that she always had to grind it out but found a way. Yeah. And so to have Emma get that much offense in, I kind of wish Emma had gotten just a little bit less offense in. Um, and maybe it, it just because it's Emma's first appearance. So having Emma come out and shock everybody with. You mean Asuka's first appearance? Oh, what did I say? You said Emma's first appearance. Sorry, sorry. Actually, I think this was Emma's also first singles pay per view match. I would believe that. Which is also weird because she's been there for so long. But for Asuka to come out and dominate just, dominate just a little bit more than she did. Uh, I would have personally liked, but it mean it makes sense, and it was a good match. Uh, yeah, I'm I not- can't find the pay per view prediction sheet. Oh, I don't know. That's what I was looking for. I have no idea where that went to. KT beat KT, all of us. KT did a perfect prediction, which yeah is very impressive. Uh, literally called every single match right. Um, and then you won between the two of us. Yes, it came down to. The tiebreaker. Well, it sort of, it came down to, by the time that it would have come down to the tiebreaker, you were winning going into the last match, which I predicted shield and you predicted not shield, but I would have had to have won that prediction just to go to the tiebreaker. And because it was the last match on the card, the tiebreaker had already been decided. Because you said there would be no more stipulations added, and I said there would. Sure. So even going into that last match, yeah, the Shield winning, quote-unquote, tied me. But the uh-huh. tiebreaker had already been determined going in. But yeah, it came down to the tiebreaker. Um, but yeah, shout-out to KT on another... He's the second time he's jumped in predictions with us, and the second time he has whooped our asses. Yes. Uh, but it was a good card. Uh, three women's matches, which was, which was nice. Mm-hmm. To see the women getting a lot more presence on the show. Uh, 
however, I do have uh, some interesting uh, knowledge regarding the card in sure. the women's matches. Go for it. Uh, Nia Jax, uh, she was not in at Raw lately. Yeah, she's had the personal time off, right? And I know why. Why is that? Uh, apparently Nia Jax, uh, was scheduled to lose clean to Sasha Banks on the pre-show. Hmm. Okay. And Nia Jax called up her cousin, the rock and was like, what do I do when I disagree with what they want me to do so much? And he was like, you should take some time and leave. Wow. So yeah, the reason why she, according this is this is uh, as reported by Sports Illustrated. Um, so they say she took the time to leave because she did not want to lose clean to Sasha and the pre-show. I mean, understandable in that there's been a lot of fifty-fifty booking with Sasha, so she's not even super dominant right now, and yeah. they have built up Nia to where she has not lost to many people. So. Yeah, also the fact that they keep kind of building her up as being this dominant monster and then she is ne- has she even gotten a no. one-on-one title shot? She has not. And then not to my knowledge. And then she knows that Oscar's coming. Which, so there you go. Like they could build that up to be a huge deal if they just protect Naya. Like it's fine when they have her lose because four women had to gang up on her. Because mm-hmm. that makes her look strong. Yeah. When, if she gets eliminated by four women, then what are you going to do? Um, but if they keep her protected and build her up and then let Asuka, you know, win the women's championship at some point here and have a little run with it, you could build up towards Mania to where Naya is the opponent for uh, for Asuka and even have Asuka defeat Naya the first time. That's fine. But then you could have Naya continue that feud and eventually be the one to dethrone Asuka could be a great story right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Asuka, while coming in as a baby face and works really well as a baby face has had some heel runs as far. I mean, I may be there were like tweener runs, you know, where she'll pull the tights and, you know, you know, kind of uh, play a little bit more heelish. Sure. So you could even in turn have a double turn where, Naya wins the championship and then, you know, in that moment is sort of face-ish like tween and then have Asuka retaliate after the match. And you could build an interesting program with that. Mm-hmm. But as it stands, Sasha beat Alicia Fox on the pre-show. Uh, yes. And then Alicia won on raw to be the, cha- the, the, uh, Raw Survivor Series captain. Women's Team Captain. That's right. So, uh, <clears throat> anyway, going into the main card, we opened up with Emma Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a good match. Um, what do we have next? And then next was the Cruiser Tag. Okay. And the, f- the face- Faces one? The Faces one. Right. Yeah, because I called the heels. Um, but at work, it was, it was, uh, so, so it was, I, I liked that match. Honestly, I might be putting that match up there as match of the night for myself. I thought it was, I thought it was a good, I thought 
that there was a lot of good spots. Mm-hmm. There was good wrestling in it. Lot, you know, nice flippy stuff here and there. Yeah. But for me, it's just the reason I say it's just okay is that not memorable um, to me personally. They're just, and I mean that storyline wise, like spot wise, sure. But like in terms of the story being told, now I will say this I've actually started trying to watch 205 Live. And this week's 205 Live was actually pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, I, uh huh. I I didn't watch it live, obviously. I had that job the next morning, but I wound up catching it later. And I very much enjoyed 205 Live this week. There was an interesting story, but between uh, Rich Swan and, and Cedric Alexander, and also <clears throat> Brian Kendrick and Jack Alher. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some actual stories going on, which I I appreciated. Um. And I think that the show has gotten better, and I'm appreciating that they're using the cruiserweights more effectively in the Raw segments and the pay-per-view segments. Yes. Um, that being said, they still kind of have this tendency, like they do with the women's division, to just sort of throw everybody who isn't on a match into a into a multi-tag. Yeah. And it's just it's just not effective because if there's no storyline reason for this other than these are good guys and these are bad guys. It tends to just be kind of forgettable. Sure. We had... Uh, what else do we have on this card? We did not have an Intercontinental Championship or a Tag Team Championship. Yeah. Or a a Raw Championship. We had Mickey James uh, going yeah, for... Yeah, that was the next match. Was the... Was it... the? So was it women, women, cruiserweights, women? I... Th- <clears throat> I think it went women, women, cruiserweights, women, cruiserweights. No. Yes, it did. And then it went AJ Finn, and then it went the... Samson Jordan? Yeah. And then it went main event, huh. if I'm not mistaking it. Uh, regardless, um, so Mickey James went for Alexa Bliss's uh, women's championship. Uh, it was a good match. It was fine. Uh, some cool spots, uh, here and there. Um, Alexa is very good at heel. Mickey is very good at being babyface. I think she's a better face than a heel. Um, and really good match. And at the end, Alexa got the upper hand and retained. Yeah. Um, you seem less less high on it. I mean, I'm not like I wasn't like in love with this match, but. I thought that it was it was solid for what it was. It was fine. It was a fine match. I just they they both have Alexa playing the chicken shit heel and the dominant heel role. It's a little weird. So like I don't know. It's a little weird. Um to try to play both at the same time. Like she was, she's been like hiding behind Naya and and like avoiding getting into matches and shit. And then when she does get in matches, she just fucking hits one DDT and pins them. She doesn't really do many heel tactics like during her match. Mm. It's so like she's the Miz outside of the ring and then inside of the ring, she's fucking Roman Reigns somehow. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, I like Alexa's character and I like most of what she's doing right now. So, uh, I just want them to build to something that means something because let's be honest, I predicted Mickey as just a shot in the dark. Maybe they'll do something weird, Uh but we all knew that Alexa was going to retain. 
Yeah. And as of right now, there's not many people. Like, obviously, if there was a match with Sasha, we'd go Sasha could win. If there was a match with Bailey, we would say Bailey could win, but it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. If there was a match with Nia, we'd be like, well, they haven't really proven that Nia's going to be successful at winning the titles. So we would be like, Nia could win, but it's more likely there'd be shenanigans. Um, you know, they need to be either build up Asuka and put Asuka in that title picture right away, or they need to just, they just need to do something right now because the women's championship is feeling just a little bit stagnant because you don't feel like anyone else is a real contender. Uh, honestly, right now, outside of Asuka, because we know at some point she's going to do a title program and win the title and that I doubt they're going to end her streak before she has the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia Fox is is kind of like the next person in my mind that I could see them putting it on just as sort of like a, wow, that was crazy that that just happened. Yeah, because I mean, like you said, it, the title has been firmly on uh, Alexa's waist pretty much since she joined the brand after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so like, that means that for the past well over six months, she's just been dominating the three women who logistically have a shot at the title. Yeah. And so it's like, like you said, how can, how can we really get excited about any person who, right. You know, and it's confusing because there's not enough women on the roster to be jobbers or enhancement talent as they should be called. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we had such a cool moment where Naya had Alexa on her shoulders and then snap frowned and like bombed her to the ground. Uh-huh. But then to hear that their next plan was to have her lose to Sasha in the pre-show match is like, well, then what's the fucking point? Yeah. Like a, a Sasha is over. Like, mm-hmm. so the fans will root for her, even if she's not booked great. Now you shouldn't have her lose every fucking match, but you know, you know, with, with Sasha, she's over enough that the fans will cheer for her and pop if she wins. Bailey is still pretty in that category, but has been booked really poorly and just more so to look like an idiot. Like, it's one thing if you have Sasha, which this is what's been happening. Sasha, you know, goes toe to toe with her enemy and they fight a really long, well fought match. There's a couple times where it looks like she's going to win and then she loses. Mm -hmm. She doesn't look that weak in that. No, she just lost a match. To somebody who's on her level. Mm-hmm. Bailey, they've been booking in a way where Bailey just makes dumb mistakes that cost yeah, her the match. Absolutely. Um, but why would you job out Nia? I, I I think that's a good thing that you walked away to get some air. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so then the Cruiserweight Championship comes up. And at this point, you, me, and KT are looking at each other going, holy shit, there's only two more matches left. And there's like an hour, at that point it's like an hour, hour and, and a half. half. Yeah, we're like, what is going to happen? They brought the, so Enzo, Enzo won, which we all kind of we all predicted Enzo would win. Uh-huh. Um, the his reign before was too was too short mm-hmm. to be effective. Um, I wish they weren't hot shotting the title around, but whatever. I guess you got Kalisto a cruiserweight championship, so that he looks like a strong contender. And now Enzo has his heel faction with him. I mean, I guess it it makes sense if you think about it, because it was 
Enzo being like, ha ha ha, you guys can't have a shot at this title. And then all of a sudden they're like, psych, you're in a match for the championship right now. Guess right. please don't ha ha And he's like, oh shit. And he's caught off guard. Sure. So like, yeah, he's going to lose it because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And before all the heels were against him because it was like, well, you're just a dick who's running the division. Yeah. But then when he's like, hey, you guys have been here for a while. How is it that Kalisto comes in right away and gets a title shot? And you guys didn't. And so I guess that makes story on sense why the, there's the heels that are with him now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works. You know, I, I enjoyed um, I enjoyed the Cruiserweight match. Uh, obviously, screwy finish. You know, uh, what was it? A low blow or a rake to the eye that he capitalized on? I think rake to the eye. And then uh, he got the pin. And then when it came out of Raw, I really enjoyed the segment of having his heel faction talk for him because he was losing his voice. Yeah. That was a really good segment. How is it that an Enzo promo is still golden, even if he's not the one talking? Having someone else deliver his promo is still. And also, wasn't it Gulak? Uh, or no, it was Noam Dar who started off his promo on Raw. No, I think it was Gulak. And I did, oh yeah, it was. And he was just reading in that very corporate, like, uh-huh. how are you doing? Yeah. Oh my god, it was it was fucking so beautiful. funny. Um and got me more into the cruiserweights. I mean, I already wanted, I already actively wanted to be more into the cruiserweights. Uh huh. But it did help me. Uh, but yeah, I was around this point that we were saying to ourselves, man, there's a lot of time left on this pay per view. And even with them doing like five, six, or seven, you know, uh, entrances for the main event, we are still running well short. Um, so they introduced uh, Elias coming out to play a song, and then he's getting vegetables thrown at him by. Uh, Jason Jordan, which that like, moment got so much pop at the vegetables being thrown at him until the spotlight went on Jason Jordan. It was so funny. Everyone was like, yeah! Oh. It's Jason Jordan. Also, that, that whole segment, all of those segments just reeked of them being backstage going, Fuck, we need something to do. What can we do? Right. Um, 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 go get some vegetables, I guess. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just weird. Um, so we got that little segment, and then we got what I think is match of the night AJ Styles, Finn Balor, the Demon Finn. Yeah. It was a hellacious match. Um, it ended with a two sweet, which while a lot of people were like, oh, cool, uh, I, I didn't view it as very cool. It felt very corporate. Like it felt more like fuck you to the bullet club on the outside. than it felt like Finn and AJ giving a shout out. Cause first of all, Finn is in the demon paint at this point, which they have made a clear distinction of when he's the demon in the demon paint on raw, since he's come to the main roster, he's not Finn Balor. He's a man possessed. Uh, so to have him in the demon paint doing the two sweet, I was like, well, that not, it's not a huge deal, but it feels slightly out of the character that they've established. Sure. Uh, but then it also just felt like they were having them do the two sweet to be like, we still like, it feels like WWE was like, oh yeah. And if you want to do a two sweet at the end, cool. But it felt like the corporate motive was as a middle finger to the people that just got the cease and desist saying, you can't do this. We can. It was still a cool moment for the fans to see Finn and AJ do the two sweet. I kind of hope that they use this to sort of incorporate Gallows and Anderson one way or another and get something like that going. Um, that would be great to see at Survivor Series. 
because it's one of the only times of the year where the Raw and SmackDown rosters interact. Boop, 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 boop. Allegedly. Uh, so that match happened, and it was fine. It, or not fine. It was great. A spectacular match. And I, I don't know. I, I, I think for all of the hype going into it that mm. we had for it, I mean, all two days of hype. Sure. But, uh, I mean, they're all like, oh, dream match, first time it's ever happened. They've never fought before. Blah, 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 blah. Rah, rah, rah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like they definitely left a lot on the table for potential future encounters. I mean... Uh, which, I mean, I can obviously sure. respect. Uh, they don't want to completely blow all of their moves in one fucking fight, and then if they get ended up fighting for two months be like well right. shit where'd we go from here sure um it can but it, but look at it like this as much as it's like okay well it wasn't the match that it could have been right and it's a little disappointing mm-hmm. I, I just look at it through the lens of we were gonna have sister abigail versus oh yeah the which, demon. which we were going in saying that this is going to be the worst match of the card and it was completely pointless and no one wanted to fucking see it. And also, and that, so, that's so fucked because two weeks prior, when they first introduced the concept of Sister Abigail's Alive, two or three weeks prior, mm-hmm. we were so like, yes, yeah, something interesting with Bray Wyatt. And then as it sort of unfolded, we started to hear what it was going to be. We were like, no, they're going to they found a way to ruin Bray Wyatt even more. How is this possible? Uh, so that all things considered, I thought it was a great match, and I thought it was way better than what we were probably going to get uh, out of that whole segment. Sure. Uh, However, eating a mediocre sandwich with just some turkey and a slice of processed cheese on bread is better than eating literal shit. So yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, but it's, also it's still a mediocre sandwich. Sure, but it's just it's it's in that area of like okay, so are you bitching about the fact that you didn't get a full turkey club when you could have very likely been eating a fucking feces sandwich? Uh, I just don't know. There's it's like you are you are entitled, as Khan has taught me before, and also Jared Taney, you are entitled to kvetch. It is your fucking god given right on this earth to fetch so feel free to say yeah well the sandwich was just okay but know in the back of your mind you came this close for the people at home listening my index finger and thumb are very close together you came this close to eating an actual turd on a sandwich with turd gravy which by the way is diarrhea (laughs) and also arugula that's the that's the lettuce that you get on a turd sandwich it's arugula it's a kale and arugula salad with a freshly plopped turd on it so anyway then we're going now what the fuck cluster fuck of the night uh so elias fights jason jordan Mm -hmm. the crowd was decidedly not super into this um and elias looks strong elias looks stronger every time i see that man in a fight i think to myself wow He's so much better than I've given him credit for. Um, yeah, no, man. Elias is great. Elias is a great move set. He's got a great look. He gets heat like no one else. That's amazing. Fucking- oh, my God. His line about the fucking Packers and Aaron Rodgers. It's like, that's a strong response because the, ch- the crowd was behind him cheering. And he said, wow, that's a strong rep- response. Anything strong compared to Aaron Rodgers collarbone, though. And the crowd just immediately turns. 
He's so good at getting it's yeah, is it cheap eat? Yeah, it's cheap eat. But there's still an art to it. And yeah, he, he no, he, he's it. great at getting heat. He's great at his character. He's great at honestly, he's fucking awesome. I don't know. Man, yeah. he's 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 killing it. Uh and he lost by DQ in this match? Or was that No, wrong? this was this, this was the, the weird it looked like a fucking ref botch. Right. That's the spot. I, I got confused because on Raw he got DQ'd with the guitar shot. Yes. Okay. Um which we'll get to that. But no, this looked like a weird uh, ref botch because it looked like he was supposed to be kicking out at two. It yeah. wasn't anything special. It wasn't a special move. It wasn't like a finisher or even a signature or even like right. something that you'd consider devastating enough to put you down for two. Right. And it looks like he was supposed to ki- uh, kick up and uh, the ref just counted to three. And right. it was just like... So Jordan won. Okay. <laughs> Jordan one, right? Yes. That was the last minute prediction we put that made it so that I could have a chance. But then after I won that match, that's when I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I can't win because the tiebreaker goes against me. Yeah. Um, right. So Jordan won, which is, which is, is fine. You know, is, it is what it is. It, it, it helps him out. Why, you know, a little bit, although it looks a little sketch that, that might have been a ref botch. I know it's kayfabe, but still. Um, you know, just it looks, you know, getting the pinfall victory, but because a ref fucked up, mm-hmm. not amazing looking, mm-hmm. and it is a win. Um, but don't worry, Elias got his the next night. Um, and that brought us into the main event. Uh, I think highlight of the night for me, moment wise, was seeing the meme of when your dad is way more into trick or treating than you. Uh huh. Kurt Angle at the top, like, you know, Seth and Dean come up serious, mean mugging, scowling. And then you see Kurt Angle come up behind them and he's just grinning. Doofy ass grin. Ear to ear. And he puts his two arms up, both of them. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. That screenshot was fucking perfect. Um, you know, obviously we got the heel entrances. Uh, and the heels dominated for most of the night. Uh, most of the match, I Until felt like... Until they turn... Well, no, honestly, I felt like uh, it was pretty back and forth, mostly because the Shield was all night doing those little patty cake chair shots to everybody. Sure. They did open up with the advantage. When the Shield first opened up the match, they managed to get enough of the people out of action that they were able to do the double ladder, double announce table spot with Braun and Kane. Yeah. Honest to God, though, I don't. I don't know... I could not tell you a single thing that Sheamus or Cesaro did in this match. Uh, they tried to do the double crucifix powerbomb or doubles razor edge, however you want to view it. Oh, yeah. To Dean. And then the I am the table That's did fair. not break. That's fair. Um, to which then Braun had to pick him up. And yeah, and he make put the table in the corner and he power slammed him through. And even then the table didn't like. It didn't shatter or anything. No. Yeah, it did break. But- it did break, but barely. And you just feel Dean being like, fuck. Apparently, people were saying you could see him laughing on on the... Dean? Yeah, when the tables weren't breaking. I really want to I really want to wa- go back now and try to find him laughing. Uh, Dean corpsing? Better sound for the um, But uh, there were some cool spots. Uh, eventually, Braun got hit by Kane with a chair shot by accident. That later turned to Kane and Braun feuding with each other. Kane choke slamming Braun off the stage and then pulling the 
ladder spot, the chair spot down, uh, which you you and KT called it with the specific KT yeah. pulling it up. Uh, I hadn't realized I'd done that spot before, and I was like, "Wow, you are a you are a yeah." KT was like of spots. Cena Barrett. I was like, <laughs> was "Holy like, okay. shit!" You remembered the match that it happened in. Like, I would probably remember. Oh, I think this happened between 2010 and 2012 at this pay-per-view, uh, he was just like, no, this was the exact match it happened in. I was like, all right, cool. Um, this still a cool spot. Uh, and then we get to the most awkward moment of the night, which is uh, the heel team committing uh, murder. I guess. Manslaughter. I don't know if they intended to kill him in kayfabe. <laughs> I mean, if you throw someone in the back of a dumpster in the trash compactor, yeah, right, in a in a garbage truck, and then happens the which, like, why the fuck was there even a garbage truck there in the first place? Because Miz, Miz made that throwaway line. Remember before the match when he said, "They're that our opponents are trash," and what do you do with the trash? You take them to the dump. Oh, there was that one throwaway line that happened literally right before the entrances. Started. Okay. Because then after he said it, his music hit, and he was like, gotta go, boys, and put his glasses on and walked. Um, I thought this had just turned into tables, ladders, chairs, and dump garbage trucks. trucks. Yeah, no. Uh, so that happened, and uh, for a brief moment after they compacted Braun Strowman to death, they all looked very sad and serious. Right? Um, They're like, uh, what did we just sign ourselves Including up for? random guy who had just been hanging out by the side of the dump truck for the entirety of the match. I don't, the driver, I guess. I was just like, he was just standing there with his hand on, basically his finger on the trigger. He had his hand on the compactor. And like, they did toss Dean and Seth in there for a hot minute first. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, there's this guy just waiting there like a psychopath ready to right, kill like, whoever yeah, fell yeah, into yeah. my truck. Uh, then Dean and Seth woke up from their naps, resumed fighting. Kurt came back. He had been taken out on a stretcher spot earlier after being power slammed through the table by Strowman. Mm-hmm. Really, it was one of maybe like four, three or four bumps he took throughout the night. He did not take a lot of bumps. No. Uh, got some great offense in on his return. He put Cesaro through a table, uh, hit Sheamus with a world's strongest slam. Um, got a couple ankle locks in. Couple ankle locks in. Uh, and then ultimately, he was part of the, as they put it, Olympic, sh- uh, Olympic shield bomb, mm-hmm. um, and got the win. So that was TLC. Uh, it's debatable whether or not it was a squandering of Angle's return. Um, it obviously was something big that filled up the Shield reunion vacancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it, I think it would have been better to have saved the Kurt Angle return for either straight up survivor series or wrestlemania even uh but we did not get the full original like you know kurt angle garb um you know he came down in the vest and the tactical gear for sure so we didn't get gold medal kurt coming out to his music i mean he did come out to his music the second time well his music hit but it wasn't his entrance do you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah he, he didn't he didn't do his full entrance but it did do his entrance music when he was running out sure. the second time. I just hope to God that when he does his entrance, whether it's Survivor Series or WrestleMania, when he does his entrance for the first time in over a decade, give the man fucking pyro. Give that man pyro. I know that you've taken it away from everybody for budget reasons, which is kind of dumb, but whatever. I wouldn't even care if they took it away at Raws and house shows and all that, but at least pay-per-views, right? 
But even if you're like, no, not even at pay-per-views, no one gets pyro, it's Kurt Angle's comeback. Give the man his goddamn pyro. It's literally just like three three dual rockets up. So those are cheap little pyro. Like They're just puffs. In all fairness, I don't think that they're going to cut pyro from the budget for Mania. Probably not. We'll I know see. they definitely didn't this year, but we will see. Okay, so that was TLC, and uh, we ran a little long on our TLC mm-hmm. recap. Uh, Raw was good. Yeah, I mean, well, we don't really have to do much for SmackDown coverage because sure. nothing much happened. Uh, the biggest things on Raw were we got our announcements officially in the opening for. Alexa Bliss versus Natalia. Mm-hmm. Miz versus Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Usos the, versus Shield. Which is going to be probably match of the night. Holy shit, yeah. Uh, Lesnar versus Gender. Well, yes. Well, that was saying it was supposed to happen, but we had to wait for the confirmation for from Lesnar, right. which happened later that night. So, sure. yes, it's happening. Uh, and then the five on five men's and women's match. Yes. So uh, they had a fatal. They had a elimination. Or was it elimination match or was it just a straight up women's match? The three way. The three way. I think it was just, just a straight up match. A yeah. match. Uh, and Ale- uh, Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox gets the surprise win. So she'll be the captain. Which I thought she was fucking perfect in this match. The imitation of Bailey from behind mm-hmm. her back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grabbing the timekeeper's bell for no fucking reason. <laughs> uh, like I hope that they don't play her craziness up too much to where it becomes just straight comedic. But for the time being, she's unhinged and she's winning. Mm-hmm. She's um, the lunatic fringe, Maggle. I love it. Yeah. Ha ha, ball game. <laughs> <laughs> we had Booker T giving us some of the worst commentary of the oh year. Oh my god. With with uh Jordan and, and Elias. Yeah. There was more throughout the night too that was just weird and But Corey Graves is just losing it at one point where he just starts laughing. It's like, what are you talking about? It's at first it seemed like Booker T wasn't watching the product outside of the shows that he was on. Now it doesn't even seem like he's watching the show that he's on. Because it's just like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Jason Jordan did illegal stuff outside the ring. And you didn't call him out. It's like, no, he did. What are you talking about? He did nothing against the rules of wrestling. Like, even going back to, like, old school rules, like 70s, 80s rules of wrestling, he did nothing that yeah, breaks no. the fundamentals of wrestling. He went to the outside. That's part of wrestling. Yeah, That's why you have a 10 count to get back in the ring. The only person who did something legal was, oh my god, that sh- that guitar shot was brutal looking, yeah. and he did not hit him with the right part. And Jordan has a huge ass bruise welt. Oh my god, it was gnarly looking. I was for real worried that he might have fucked up the muscle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because it was bad looking. Yeah, no, that did not look good. For for reference, if you're gonna break a guitar over somebody and you are trying to hurt them, use the broad flat side. No, no, no. If you're trying to hurt them, oh. hit them like he did. Yeah, with the actual like sideways, s- the skinny ridge where all the supports are in the guitar. If you're trying to just do it for show, then hit them with the broad flat side where it's just a thin piece of plywood and then hollow inside. So he hit him with the with the skinny supported side, and fuck that looked like it hurt. Jordan was like legit on the ground, like screaming for a second there, because that had to have yeah, started. dude. That and then Booker T's just like, yeah, you got what he deserved. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, Alexa had an interesting segment with Mickey, where Mickey came out and interrupted Alexa, shitting on everybody because she's the champ. 
mm-hmm. uh, and hit a really cool Mickey DDT. Just that. Remember how she like she jumps up and then did the leg spin in it. I don't even know what the fuck. Yeah. And also in fucking, it's almost like a reverse glorious DDT. Yes, and also, but she did it in like six inch fucking heels. Which, hey, major props to anybody who can hit those kinds of moves in shoes like that. Because there's definitely dudes in the back who couldn't do it. Uh huh. Uh, I don't know if you've ever worn heels. No, I have. Big. I wore I wore heels once. I found heels that were just b- big enough to fit my feet. Uh-huh. And I squeezed into them. I was able to stand up like a baby fucking deer for like 20 seconds. I took like a half of a step and then sat down and was like, this is just going to end with broken ankles. So I'm done. Uh, so props to Mickey for being able to fucking fight in heels. Um, so that was a, that was that segment. Uh, there was the, uh, Enzo promo that we mentioned before. Really cool with all of them coming out. S A W F. Uh, which also I can't remember if it was on. I think it was on the pay per view when he accidentally spelled it S W A F T swapped. Um, but that segment was great with the cruisers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No brawn. He did not come back. No. Nope, one of my favorite. Dead. One of my favorite things I've heard because he is within kayfabe right now. He's dead. Right. Pretty much. Like, we can agree that within kayfabe. Until we see like the master shredder hand coming out of the trash, uh-huh. he's dead for all intents and purposes. One of my favorite things I heard, I think it was on the law, was uh, somebody on the, I think it was the law, was saying they hope that they don't send Braun back and that instead we get somebody who resembles Braun but is like a foot shorter and much less bulky and that he was compacted. And so we get a compacted Braun. Wow, dude. Which I was like, that's so absurd and silly, but also kind of fucking br- like beautiful. If we could just got like a shorter, like imagine if they send out like a little person who's got like, who's like jacked, but just little and has bronze haircut and is like compacted brawn. Like it'd be, it'd be, it'd be totally up Vince's alley and we would all get a nice chuckle out of it before like brawn exploded out of the center of the ring and just started like, fu- like fucking people to death. Um, and then the main event of the show, uh, fucking Shane McMahon came back, uh huh, uh, and he said under siege, yeah, and then and then all of the most of the uh, SmackDown brand. roster just starts wantonly beating up everyone they can find. It was a full show heel turn, <laughs> and it was beautiful. It was weird. Um, uh, first off. I loved it. What was your gut reaction to it? My gut reaction is why the fuck are all of these guys on SmackDown all of a sudden best friends and fighting together? Sure. Because like Baron Corbin was there and he's and like AJ Styles. palling around with AJ Styles and Nakamura and like Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler were dual stomping on people. Exactly. And it's just like you guys are supposed to be fighting against each other, not well, buddy buddy. And they dressed it on SmackDown, but in the moment, I can see where the confusion would come from. And also, why were they just beating up on like hair, hair and makeup people and producers? Exactly. So like that, like they have faces doing this shit, and like I'm pretty there's sure there's only those are the one, same people who are gonna like the hair and makeup people who work on your show. Like there's only one person. Uh, there's one moment where like as they were walking past a couple people that they had just stomped into the ground, Becky was like, "Sorry," 
<laughs> but like that was pretty fucking awesome. Outside of that, there's like every you're you're watching this entire roster. And you're just like, oh yeah. By the way, also this is weird. Also, didn't Finn Balor eat a pin from Kane? Yeah, early in the show. Well, to start the show, AJ was teaming up with the with uh, Dean and Seth, and then to yeah, end the show, for one more Dean night. was stomping down. Or uh, AJ was stomping down Dean and Seth. I guess what it was. It's, it's, just it's, like, it's what worth the noting. Fuck? I forgot to mention that. I guess it's worth noting that in the early part of the show, the heels from the previous main event came out and then we're going to fight Dean and Seth. But Angle was like, well, I can't fight again. But we kept somebody around for an extra night from SmackDown. And then that's when the first interaction with Shane and Angle came in was after that match. And then Kane came out and helped put like the heels get kind of an advantage after the match was over. And then uh, Kane challenged Finn Balor, chokeslammed him like three times and pinned him, which was weird for Finn Balor, who just had a great match and a great win against AJ to eat a pin from Kane so that Kane can be fed to Strowman so that Strowman can be fed to Roman. Who knows? It's weird. Everybody eats pins for the big dog in some way or another. It's a food chain, but that's when uh, Shane came out and was like, Hey, uh, how's it going? Kurt was like, thanks for lending us AJ for one more night. And he's like, yeah, no problem. You know, but I'll call that favor back in at some point. And then that's when Kurt dissed the SmackDown locker room, which allegedly led to this under siege. It was an interesting angle. I'm fine with the invasion esque storyline. Um, it, it's a little confusing because now it puts us in a holding pattern for what? Three weeks, four weeks, three weeks, something like that. Cause you can't, you know, you can't really have too many inter-brand feuds bubbling up if they're supposed to be a united front. Yeah. Um, and Rude and Ziggler addressed that a little bit uh, when they announced that this upcoming week on SmackDown, there's going to be a two out of three falls match between them, which I'm like, let this be the end of this feud uh-huh. for Rude's sake. Um, also on SmackDown, uh, there was no Raw invasion. Yeah. The rumor is that the Raw Retaliation Invasion is coming uh, the go-home show of SmackDown. So wait until late November for that. Sure. Uh, Brock had had a pretty good promo, or Paul Heyman had had a a decent promo on Jinder Mahal. Oh, shitting on him. That was good. It was was solid. He was was like, you notice all of Brock's recent opponents. I, I, you know, said they were really good, and I put them over, and I was saying that how great they are. But Brock will still be able to beat them. You, I'm not even going to bother. You're just a complete waste of everyone's time and money. Yeah. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You're not worth it, but we'll still just beat you to shit. He, he said you're not TLDR. A, he said you're not a contender for the Universal Championship. You're barely a pretender with the Heavyweight Championship. Uh, yeah, it's, it really shit on him, which, hey, you know, it definitely fuels the rivalry a little bit. We'll see how that match actually plays out IRL. Uh, but uh, Jinder had, a, I felt like, a stronger promo against Heyman than Heyman had against Jinder. Uh, he, he had a decent little promo there. Um, got mixed reactions because obviously he's been such a, a heel on SmackDown that even though the crowd was very... A pro, I mean, obviously, they're pro-SmackDown. They're at SmackDown. But even though the crowd was very rapidly pro-SmackDown and you know, behind Shane McMahon to open the show and everything. It was sort of a mixed reaction of cheers and boos for Jinder's promo because he's been so over as a heel uh-huh. that having him be like, I'm the face of this brand. 
AJ beat one of the Singh brothers, and that set up that next week he fights another Singh brother. Eh. He's working his way up. Uh, the women had a match to determine the captain of their team. Uh-huh. Becky won. And Becky won. So that's great for you and for the Becky heads out there. Is that the name of the fans? Becky heads? The linchpins? I don't know. Linchpins? <laughs> what? Okay. Um, And uh, trying to remember if there's anything else noteworthy happening on SmackDown. There's a little bit of tension between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon over Shane's decision without talking to Daniel. And Daniel set reminding him that at some point Raw will get their revenge on them. Um, I believe. Oh, and also Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable won a match uh, using kind of heelish tactics. They cheated to win. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then also res- it was a Reservoir, Reservoir, Dogs. Reservoir Dogs parody on Fashion Files this week. I personally thought it was one of my favorites that I've seen. I didn't like it as much as last week's. I thought last week's was a lot funnier. Sure. Uh, the Pulp Fiction one. Um, but it looks like Stranger Earth Things is next week. So Can't wait. That'll be that'll be really good. Yeah. I, honestly, when, when the one dude from the Ascension started drinking from the gas can, I was just like, what in the fucking Christ? He was thirsty. He was thirsty. Like, it's, it's so funny that the Ascension are now getting that over rub from these segments. Yeah. No, they're now like over face comedy team. It's so the funny. Ascension. And like reading that interview where, which was, makes me just want them to officially become surfer dudes with attitude from, uh, oh, season from one of Southpaw. Southpaw. Hey, man. What the fuck else are they doing? And like, I'm fine. Honestly, I, I, at some point you need to transition Brizongo into an actual title run, like, or at least some sort of in, a, a, a in ring. Yeah. Cause you can't just have them. Well, when the bludgeon forever. brothers, it's obviously the, the bludgeon, bludgeon brothers, brothers, you guys. No way. There's not a B in brothers. The B is silent. silent. I thought this segment was fucking, I was dying uh-huh. this entire segment. I heard a lot of people being like, it wasn't their strongest. I was like, I don't know. I personally loved it. Um, you know, I, and I, I just hope that they don't feed Brizongo to the Bludgeon Brothers. At mm-hmm. the same time, I don't want the Bludgeon Brothers to be a joke. Sure. So it's just sort of like, what do we got? What do we do here? Uh, but I'm happy for Ascension. Like they're actually getting a positive reaction from people are excited to see them now. Yeah, dude, the the one two weeks ago when they were like, we'll help you if you promise to be our friends. And they were like, no. And the crowd, you could just hear the crowd was just like, oh, <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, everyone fucking loves the Ascension, I guess. Um, so that was Smackdown in a nutshell. Um, so we'll see what happens this week on Raw. We we will see if we get more invasion. Hashtag under siege somehow actually took off on Twitter. Um, you know, we'll see how, uh, how that angle all shakes out. Uh, but speaking of like under siege and at war. Um, so obviously we had talked about on the show, this is segueing into wrestling news. We had talked about on the show, how they had issued cease and desist to, um, the young bucks and other members of the bullet club. You're right there, bud. Yeah. I hear your mic moving and I'm just like, what is he doing? I'm just playing around with the cable. <laughs> Uh, obviously, we had heard that there were cease and desist issued to the Young Bucks, as well as other members of the Bullet Club, to stop doing the Too Sweet and the Suck It. Um, and uh, 
we had talked about the whole little thing going on with Roman doing the phone call and all the press stuff back and forth. Um, so some people viewed that too sweet between uh, AJ and, and Finn as kind of like a nod to the Bullet Club that those two still support them. Some people viewed it as a WWE corporate decision to kind of be like a fuck you. Uh, this is our symbol. And also they've made it the official cover photo of the WWE Twitter account. Mm-hmm. So that kind of supported the whole like maybe this is a fuck you to the Young Bucks. Um, but interesting is that there's an upcoming event where Ring of Honor and New Japan Wrestling are both having events uh, at the same time in the same place. Um, I believe it's San Antonio. And uh-huh. there's also going to be an NXT TakeOver event the day after um, the day after this Ring of Honor and New Japan event. Um, and so Ring of Honor and New Japan, they're, they're having like Kenny Omega come in. Like all these, they're doing as much as they can to load up with star power. And so it was announced that Shawn Michaels was going to be the special guest referee of the title match at the NXT event, right? Which is the day after the Ring of Honor and New Japan event. Sure. <clears throat> and it's loaded with Bullet Club people at the New Japan and Ring of Honor shows. This is a ton of Bullet Club stuff happening that weekend. Well, they just announced that not only is Shawn Michaels going to be at the the War Games event, but the night before, he's going to be doing stuff at the house shows for for NXT and WWE. Okay, which would conflict with the new with the New Japan and Ring of Honor stuff. So there are people speculating that WWE are specifically putting that on there to try to draw people away from New Japan and Ring of Honor, or they're putting it on there to draw people <laughs> to their own damn shows. Sure, like but the house show the house show was added after. The New Japan and Ring of Honor shows are announced. I don't know. People are people are going really into this conspiracy theory that WWE is actively doing everything they can to fucking purposefully spite every single one of these other people. And it's like, damn dudes, they're probably just, you know, doing their own thing because they're 20 times bigger than their next com- competition. Right. And like... You're saying you're saying an elephant is going to go out of his fucking way to make sure he spites an ant when he squashes on him. Like, goddamn, dude, the elephant's probably not even noticing. He's just going along doing his thing. Like, uh, and I think that that's very possible. But I think that it's it's downplaying a little bit of WWE and Vince's spite for others. I mean, for Christ's sakes, after they bought WCW. They purposely drove WCW talent into the ground on their own fucking product, just as kind of a rub of our guys were always better than your guys. And again, if if, if to that argument of elephant and ant, it doesn't concern WWE, so why do they care? They're so small. Then if, if that's the case, then why make a big deal about sending a cease and desist in the first place? There are a couple things here. Sure. One. You and 99.97% of all people talking about this mm-hmm. are not copyright lawyers. Sure. Uh, WWE is in, in a very similar position that Nintendo constantly finds themselves in. Sure. Nintendo, they're one of the biggest fucking companies in the world. They're one of the most, they have one of the most recognizable characters in the world. They've, they're huge. They're right. everywhere. Everyone knows fucking Mario, mm-hmm. you know? 
However, you see all of these tiny little guys making their little like, haha, I'm doing my, you know, Metroid 2 remake that I'm, I'm putting, I'm making this little Metroid 2 thing, or I'm making a little Zelda fan movie, right. or like, and all the time Nintendo just drops their big old cease and desist dick on these little projects. Yeah. And everyone goes, oh, why is Nintendo got to shit on all these projects? They're just trying to be fun. Mm. But if Nintendo does not defend, actively defend their intellectual property rights like this, mm-hmm. then there that starts a whole case for them not being so into defending their intellectual property rights and actually provides more and more basis for allowing more people to rip them off. Sure. So by creating a strong stance of this is our shit, stop fucking with it. Sure. They have all of the legal ground to continue defending and owning their own shit. Sure. Now flip it over to WWE. WWE is this huge company if they don't defend their own intellectual property, mm-hmm. then it opens the door for them to start losing ground on ownership of that intellectual property. Sure. It's the exact same thing. I, I definitely see your argument there, and I don't disagree with a lot of the principles for it, especially for the Nintendo argument. I see 100% of that. I do think that there's a very big difference between characters which were internally designed by Nintendo, developed and fleshed out by Nintendo, and then established as a brand by Nintendo versus a hand gesture which originally started as just four dudes dicking off backstage and it was their own little in-call to each other that then was completely underground and not part of the product. It resurfaced in WCW when three of those guys left for that other company or two of those guys left for that other company in WCW. Uh, and for a long time, it wasn't an officially recognized symbol in WCW. It was still just an in thing between friends. Uh, and then at a certain point, it sort of became loosely associated with the wolf pack because people noticed that the two suite kind of looked like a wolf, which is where the whole it's two wolves kissing thing came into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it died back out again and then has always just been an in underground thing until the bullet club started to make it popular. And then at that point, like outside of rest of, of WWE, but still within the world of wrestling, at which point it kind of came back into calling of, well, technically the people who came up with this are our current head of developmental slash, uh, whatever triple H's actual title is. I don't know if it's actually COO or not. I think so. Um, but, uh, you know, him and Shawn Michaels, who's a WWE legend, and now Hall and Nash, who, because of the WCW merger, all of that becomes a part of that. It's sort of, it's just, to me, it's like, do they actually have a copyright on this hand symbol? They might. They might. And if they do, then they're within their rights to do it. It still is just one of those things that I like, imagine they probably have to if they are within the rights to send a cease and desist in the first place. I'm again, another, nine of us are copyright lawyers, so but, I, don't, I don't fully understand how you can copyright a hand gesture. Dude, DDP but, successfully sued Jay-Z. Did he really? Yes, over, over the... The diamond cutter, the rock? Yeah. No shit. Yes, because DDP had trademarked that hand symbol. It's a thing. Huh? I mean... I, well, I, sure. I think I don't know if he successfully sued them. I think he they just settled out of court. But sure, but he brought he won is it, ultimately is the thing. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, 
And, you know, like I said, I'm not saying that WWE is... So, I don't know. I personally feel like this is a lot of people who, you know, they're fans of of the Bullet Club and they're fans of the Young Bucks and they're fans uh, of of seeing the little guy get one up and they're fan of of seeing these guys rise and and when they saw WWE just filing some paperwork, essentially, they, they view it as you know, this mega corporation trying to take them down. And so all these mm-hmm. people, you know, start rallying on behind them and start coming up with these insane theories about how petty and, mm-hmm. and heartless and doing things just to spite them and backstab them and like all this shit. And it's right. like, wow, dudes, take a step back and realize that you're talking about a publicly traded global corporation versus two dudes running a, essentially a t-shirt store like um damn i and I, but you know i can definitely i see where you're coming from and i'm not saying that either side is right or wrong in their assumptions uh i could see where vince and a lot of the people who are in the upper echelon of wwe at least in the terms of the actual like wrestling i'm not talking about backstage company dudes Mm -hmm. who are like numbers guys Mm -hmm. i'm not talking about guys who are in r&d for toys Mm -hmm. but when it comes to like vince and kevin dunn and a lot of those like upper tier guys who are like the old school wrestling people in there we've heard plenty of stories of that about them being spiteful and petty and just purposely taking shits on people and booking people stupidly because they had just beef with them yeah and we've heard stories of that from people that are trusted people like Jericho telling stories like that. I'm just sure. like, yeah, he didn't like this guy. So Vince booked him to look like a fucking goon and just let him let his character die. And it ruined a guy's career. I'm not saying that that's what's happening right now with the bullet club thing. It it very well could just be an issue of WWE being like, no, we own this. We don't want you using it because if we let you use it, then everyone else who tries to use our shit, we're going to have set precedent that it's that we're cool with that. Um, but you know, so I see, I see both sides of it. Obviously it's more fun to speculate on the, what if this is all some giant shoot argument or even better? What if it's some sort of giant work where they're talking about buying ring of honor and buying in bullet club. And then this whole invasion story turns out that it was just one giant fucking work this whole time. All of these things are possible, but at the same time, many of them are, improbable and it's just fun to talk about but either way it just uh i don't know it just feels kind of you know i don't want to say wrong but just sort of like big guy shitting on a little guy it is what it is um other wrestling news uh ricochet has told uh indie promoters that he's not taking uh dates after the end of the year oh so we could have ricochet coming to dubs yeah i think he even said that he wanted to go to nxt first that's what i was gonna say is do you think he'd be nxt or straight to the main roster he probably i would not be surprised if he wants to go to nxt right dude lives in florida fair so and a lot of those guys nowadays make make wwe main roster money mm -hmm. in nxt so I mean he he would probably be making a decent bank while being able to live at home. Right. Um I don't remember if he just had a child or not um but I Easier I know tour schedule for yeah, a while. Yeah. So 
I'm sure he would definitely would not mind uh, just taking a break from flying everywhere. Sure. And then at some point transition up to the main roster. Exactly. Uh, and dude is hella talented. He's fucking mm-hmm. amazing, incredible talent. Um, so I'd, I'd love to see him. Uh, also, uh, Evolve has a show coming up in December where we've learned. Yeah. That William Regal, the commish himself, will be uh, in attendance to make an announcement about future talent. It's, and, it's sort of weird. Uh, yeah, they, they they haven't really made any specifics that I've seen. It's a little ambiguous. But, um, but it's got to be something if the NXT general manager is coming to an Evolve show. Yeah. Something has to be happening. They wouldn't just be having William Ringle show up to be like, you are doing a great job and have a fine promotion. Good day. Like, if, if especially if they're making that big of a deal about it, about advertising he's going to be at the show. Clearly something's happening. Is this at LaBoom? Uh, no, it's not. Uh, it will be out at um, the Elmcore. Is it bigger? Place. That's where I was for the... Oh, the other double show. header show that is you guys it, is it a bigger venue? Much. Oh, then um, that's probably why. We should definitely go, and we should also definitely just get um, floor seats, general admission seats, because sure. we had amazing seats that cool. were half the price of sitting is two little, rows. Is it a little more spread out at this fucking place? Oh, it's 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 a, like a basketball like basketball court. basketball court floor space okay. but then there's probably 20 rows of bleachers on one nice. side see that's the only thing i have a problem with at the boom is that they have to cram so many people into the show it gets kind of annoying mm-hmm. um other wrestling news um kind of a downer uh the adam blompier shit yeah um he put out a public statement saying that he had uh used his status and obviously him and pachiti Driver Ross and Jack had started up Cultaholic, which looked very interesting. Um, and Adam Blapier put out a statement saying that while working for What Culture, he had used some of his like internet fame in quotes, you know, his status uh, to talk to women online and try to coerce them into sending him nudes. Um, and uh, in his statement, he apologized and said he's not looking for any glory for announcing this or, you know, coming out with it, but that he's going to go get treatment. Cultaholic has been temporarily put on hold while he gets some treatment. Um, and uh, <clears throat> obviously, there's a lot of a lot of backlash in both directions online out over this. People saying that Cultaholic should just fire him and that Pachiti and the rest should be done with him. Uh, and just not have him be a part of this project anymore because they're saying he's like a predator. On the other side of the argument, you have a lot of people saying, okay, well, this was two consenting adults. It's not like he was texting children. You know, it's two consenting adults who were basically sexting each other, and then he asked for nudes. She said no. He kept asking, which is definitely, you know, a slimy thing to do. It's not in any way glorifying what he did at all. It's it's still a shitty thing to do, but the you know adult woman did send the nudes to him, and multiple women have said this has happened to them. So it's sort of this like yes, it's definitely in that realm of predatory to use your your internet fame or your internet status mm-hmm. as a personal like a public figure to you know 
try to coerce women into sending you nude pictures. Definitely a slime bag thing to do. You could say it's very predatory. Um, but there's a lot of people like kind of crucifying the guy and saying that like, you know, the, there are people who are actually equating this to, like crimes like rape and murder. And I think that's like, in my own opinion, uh, you know, it's not at that level. It's still a shitty thing to do and he should still be punished for it. Or at least, you know, people should hold him accountable for his actions, which it seems like that's what he's trying to do. Some people are arguing that he was only coming out with this because he was about to be outed anyway. Um, he claims that he didn't know that people were going to go public with this, that he was just doing this on his own. Um, obviously there's no way to know there's, you know, his side, her side. And, you know, like they always say, three sides to every story. There's some truth somewhere in between. Um, it just sucks. You know, mm-hmm. you were the one who texted me about the news and I was like, there are no heroes. There are no idols. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sucks to see that he did that. Um, hopefully he gets some help and comes out a better person. And I've always been of the opinion that aside, aside from like child molesters, everyone has an opportunity to at some point be forgiven and atone for things and make themselves better and mm-hmm. get a second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's some serial killers and psychopaths that would also fall on the list of unhelpable people who are just like, you know, I just like eating people. Like they're probably on that <laughs> unhelpable, un, un unfuckable list. You know, they're just mm-hmm. fucked up forever. But, you know, I definitely think that, uh, he needs to get some kind of psychological help and figure out why the fuck he was doing that. What kind of validation? Cause he had a girlfriend at the time too, you know, it's so like what kind of validation it was that he needed. Um, hopefully he gets some help and comes back better. Um, and I also think that there's a huge difference there. Some people equating this to like the Harvey Weinstein shit. It's like he never, or even the James Toback shit. It's like he didn't try to force himself onto anybody physically. Uh, you know, he didn't try to rape anybody. He didn't wasn't sexually assaulting them physically in person. And while it's still fucked up that he was, uh, you know, trying to coerce people using his fame. Uh, and then there was allegations coming out that that one or two of the women were like mentally unstable. He was claiming he didn't know that when he talked to them. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if you're messaging someone over Twitter, how are you supposed to know? Yeah, you know their mental state. But it's still fucked up. Doesn't make it better. But I don't know. It's just a big fucking awful fiery fucked up mess. TLDR, all you guys out there, stop being creepy ass dick bags to women. Right. Just stop trying to fucking. And also, and like the other thing too is it's like there's something that could could be said about if somebody's single and just they don't have anybody and they're just fucking lonely and they're also just a piece of shit. And they're just like trying to get nudes from people. It's like one thing. He had a girlfriend too. So it's not just hurting himself and the women he's talking to. It's hurting the trust of his girlfriend who's with him. Yeah. Um, not that it would be right, if, you know, necessarily if he didn't have a girlfriend, but just still. Yeah. Just maybe just don't. Just maybe just don't talk to women like that online. Or in person. I mean, in person either, but it seems like in online with that, like anonymity that people feel like they have. Sure. Um, Yeah, definitely don't do it in person. But, you know, online seems to be just as big of a problem. Anyway, do you have any positive wrestling news to end the show on? Not really. I already blew my load. Damn. I can I can try to find something quick. Just literally anything because I don't want to end on 
popular wrestling YouTube channel delayed because of sexual misconduct story. I got something. It was somebody's birthday recently. Uh, also, I really hope, uh, I really just hope, uh, fuck. I had something to say about that, that story. And I'm just fucking forgetting. Um, Oh, I hope that the what culture people, the people who are still at what culture don't end up doing a like 10 things like what culture or cultaholic wants you to forget about Blompier. Like, I really hope that they don't wind up talking about that on the what culture channel because it would just be super awkward. Um, Here's some interesting bits. Enzo Mori got his own locker room. Screw being banned, he says. Wow. Uh <laughs> Because uh, he's apparently still banned from the WWE locker room. Um, pro Wrestling Sheets reporting that Vince McMahon turned down a TLC pitch that would involve Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Gal- Gals, and Anderson teaming up on a 4v4 match. Oh, wow. That would have been interesting. Um, top this week. What do we got? Uh, I'm almost cheered up. Uh, a French commentator uh, for WWE mm-hmm. France uh, shouted, I am the table during the TLC match. Wow, really? Yeah, here's here's the audio clip. Oh, hold it right up to your microphone, please. Right up to your mic. So they're doing the double crucifix. Throw him into the table. That's when the table didn't break. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> okay. Turn the volume back down. <laughs> wow. Let's end the show with that. That was funny. I liked it. Okay, here's another great thing to end it with. Okay. Corey Graves can't handle Booker T on commentary. <laughs> okay. Is this audio? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hold it a little closer. Corey Corpsing on air is always entertaining. All right. Well, with that, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in the Small Package Show. You can follow Bob on Twitter, at Bob Faker. You follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, at CB Pointexter. You can follow both of us on Twitter, at Small Package POD. That's POD for podcast. Same thing on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Small Package P-O-D, pod, small package pod. Uh, make sure to tune in there because we post, uh, whenever we have a new episode, we post that to the Facebook page uh, along with whenever we go to wrestling shows and live events. We show, we show pictures and videos and stuff. Uh, sometimes we do punishment challenges on there. It's always fun. So connect with us on there on Facebook. And make sure to tweet at us and write on our Facebook page. We'll read it on air and we'll share your opinions and thoughts. Um, 
Anyway, thank you guys so much. This is episode 64 of the Small Package Show. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Small Package Show. Hit him with it, Bob. Smippy views.